The Fat Boy Show. You're listening to The Fat Boy Show here on your number one station, RX Radio. Oh, it's so good to be back. Glad to be back. Glad to be back with you here. Olive, hi, Olive. How are you doing? Hi, Fat Boy. Yeah, you've been keeping great company. Mm-hmm. You and uh, Daniel have been having a good time. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> so. have been having a good time. But I missed you. Ah, missed you too. <laughs> I hope, uh, you know, you're not thinking, ah, he's back to uh, to ruin the fun. No. You know, we've been having uh, a lot of fun in Fat Boy's absence. Come on, no. I have actually been having a lot of fun. By the way, mm. when you were away, mm-hmm. we made a year, as in since live shows began. Oh yeah, that's true. We started on 2nd November 2020. Really? That's when the Fat Boy Show went live? Yes. Wow. And it's you been- are not here for the birthday. <laughs> It's been one year. It's been one year. Of uh, doing the Fat Boy Show on RX Radio. My goodness. Yes. Eh, I'm such a... I'm the kind of parent that would forget a child's birthday. And now I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> because how can it be the first anniversary of the Fat Boy Show? Uh-huh. And uh, it just uh, skipped my mind. And you planned your <laughs> leave just around the same time. Who does that? Well, I had a good reason for it. And maybe one day the reason will be known. Okay. Uh, but for now, uh, good to be here. Uh, and uh, glad to be enjoying the music and to start uh, our Monday morning together. Well, well, well. Hmm. Are you surprised? The government has maintained its stance that it is not sorry for keeping schools closed since March of 2020. According to the Minister for ICT and National Guidance, Chris Bariamunsi, he said that managing the COVID-19 pandemic in Uganda has been informed by science and government will be not be coerced into reopening schools if it is against the scientific evidence. I will go on the record right now and state that the minister is actually wrong. He is. I, I would uh, go on the record and proudly so, and state that the government's uh, policies in handling COVID has not been scientific at all. Mm. And the reason we know this is because in different regions of the world, there have been a few bold leaders who have really not been too quick to succumb to the fear. Because look, if someone comes to you and says, the sky is falling, Mm. yes, your reflex will tell you, to just shut everything down, take the most stringent, most strictest measures possible to eliminate even the slightest possibility of a problem occurring in in as far as you understand it, uh, because that's you reacting to your fear and reacting to the fear uh, that is being experienced by others. But there, there are some leaders in this world who, despite all of that, calmly sat down and said, okay, let's put everything into perspective. Do we properly understand the situation? You expert there, what is your opinion? Oh, are you an expert with a different opinion? Let's hear what you have to say. And then uh, some of these leaders have decided that the best way to deal with COVID-19, and especially in as far as public policy goes, should be a certain way. Whereas if everyone else took a very reactionary approach, which is just close everything down. Mm. Because And the reason I'm bringing this up is when you look at what is happening in the U.S. state of Florida, Mm. the governor there is really having the last laugh. He was lambasted by the media and even his own president, Biden, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, because his approach to COVID was really, in my opinion, and objectively speaking, based on what the science told us about it. Science told us that particular demographics were at higher risk of uh, succumbing to uh, symptoms of COVID-19, hospitalization Mm -hmm. and death. Okay. 
This we know. We know also from science that children are less vulnerable That's from right. COVID. Okay, this we know. We also know that the nature of this disease is that it is likely to be a seasonal endemic illness which will come in waves. And so attempting to shut everything down in the belief that it can be eradicated is a fool's errand. So rather, live based on the assumption that COVID will be here. Take what precautions you can to protect the vulnerable. Make therapeutic treatments. And by the way, can I emphasize this? The governor of Florida emphasized therapeutic treatments, meaning he's like, yeah, you're going to get COVID. But if you do, hey, don't worry. The hospitals are fully equipped with all the medicines you need. I am uh, advocating for the easy access to uh, what is known as uh, monoclonal antibodies, which is a specific type of treatment which is known to yield very quick uh, recovery for COVID patients and, you know, advocating for early treatment on all of these things. So his approach to COVID was different. He kept the schools open. He had no mask mandates. No mask mandates. No vaccine mandates. And yet... And today the U.S. state of Florida is experiencing the lowest per capita hospitalization rate and, and death? death rate mm -hmm. compared to other states in the U.S. who have, have taken more... things closed. Yes. Now, this doesn't mean that, uh, therefore, you know, how can I say, that no one has died of COVID in Florida. No, no, no. People have died. But when you look at the actions that he took compared to... The numbers. The numbers. And also how his actions have kept the economy intact, mm. you would have to say that his approach was not only scientific, but also pragmatic and practical, which I don't think a lot of leaders around the world can say, and especially our leaders here. Now, our leaders here are boosting of have kept uh, COVID-19 numbers at bay and are managing death rate, the death rate in the country. But in so doing that, they have kept schools closed for 77 weeks. That is about 20 months. And uh, right now on the African continent, we are the only ones that have schools still closed. Yes. Yet when you look at the people we lost and the infection rate, we are not at the top. South Ex Africa still is. Exactly. You know, it's been said many times, oh, Uganda, we have got the youngest demographic. And I don't know why if the Minister of uh, ICT and National Guidance is claiming that we were using science, you know, just that fact alone lets you know that uh, Uganda will likely face much fewer, uh, how can I say, the scale of... of um, of hospitalizations and death in this country will be much lower just by the mere fact that we have a younger population like that alone so um i don't know if this government is going to claim that it is its actions that have somehow mitigated the dire consequences of covid rather than it just being a simple but function of our demographic makeup. They are already claiming that you know? it's because, because of the steps they took nah, that nah, nah. we have lower we numbers. We have a younger population um, and, and we are not obese. Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't have that many people over 80 years old. Like our life expectancy isn't high to the point where... Because, listen, in these countries where thousands were dying daily... It's because in those countries, life expectancy is, is much high. So you've got mm. millions of people that are 90 years old, mm. 100 years old, That's 80 correct. years and above. Meaning, 
under normal circumstances, yes, in those countries, such people can expect to live healthy lives. Mm. But when exposed to something like COVID, they can easily die. They can easily die. And unfortunately, COVID ended up claiming these people in mm. these countries mostly. Uh, and so that led the world to fall into a panic where we just said, okay, let's just shut everything down. And yet, if you were trying to be scientific about this, you would say, okay, look. In those countries, who are the people falling most victim? What are the age groups? Okay, let's look at our demographics. What are our age groups? All right. So, seeing as our life expectancy is much lower, we don't have that many senior citizens above a particular age. So, we can assume that the risk factor when it comes to hospitalization and death will not be comparable to what you will see in places like Italy, mm, uh, Spain. Or Spain, or even America and mm. UK. You know, and uh, I think the facts bear it out. Now, I think what government is doing is uh, trying to avoid the things they need to do to so that when we open, we can actually live with the endemic instead of continuing to regard it as a pandemic. We need to have more hospitals, rather more medicines in the hospitals, like mm-hmm. to be able to take care of those that get sick. So they would rather keep things closed. Because that gives them a feeling of uh, power, like they have managed yep. of success. COVID COVID nineteen has just triggered a massive power trip uh, at a scale that we've never seen before. Mm. You know, where these technocrats, who under ordinary circumstances no one cares about, they're nobodies, just you know, shadows in the background collecting hefty paychecks to just write reports. All of a sudden. Were given so much power to dictate how society should be run, and I think they got drunk on it. Yeah. Uh, and because the authorities kept deferring to them for their advice and guidance, how can I say? It's like, imagine you're this child who's been bullied their whole life, and all of a sudden you wake up one morning and everyone is asking you, "Okay, so what should we do?" <laughs> At first, you're going to be like, "Wait, are they seriously asking me what to do?" Uh-huh. And then you're going to be like, "Okay, do this." Do that. Uh, do that. <laughs> okay, now do this. You finally have the power and the wow, attention and that you, you thought you'd never it. get. Because some of these ministers are making <laughs> statements, and uh, half the time I'm like, who is that? Yeah. Oh, she also exists. Yeah. So who is that? From which ministry? Like, everyone wants to say something because this is the time. Anyway, civil society groups are urging the government to reopen schools immediately and they're saying that young girls are getting pregnant from home teachers have lost their livelihood so these are some of the secondary consequences of the government policy on school closures uh, which is very unfortunate and to that the president said that teenagers would rather get pregnant than die of COVID-19 <laughs> that was as per the last address and yet teenagers are really at like they're saying let's base on science mm. <laughs> Really, they're at minimal risk. It's, I'm not saying they can't get COVID, but the chances of them... I mean, probably they will get infected. It's but chances of, the, or of it being fatal... Fatal, or that they will express serious symptoms are very, very low. Okay, the argument is that when they are infected, in as much as they may not be affected adversely, they can easily infect those around them that could So let us dying. protect those <laughs> around them. Uh, because, like I said, look, and... I know, I know. Uh, public policy, it's all about making the, I guess, manageable trade-offs. You have to decide, okay, this is the benefit you're pushing for, and you have to weigh that against the cost of pushing for that benefit. But man, if you keep schools closed for this long, I think that whatever benefit they thought they were trying to get from this, 
is going to be far outweighed by the negative social consequences and economic consequences of these policies. It already has. It already has. Now, the president has indicated an interest in reopening the country come 2022. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that he goes for a full reopening, lifting curfew, um, just uh, lifting restrictions on places of worship, on gatherings and functions. He said that uh, we have enough vaccines at the moment, but people are not taking them. So if by January they are not, it doesn't matter who won't be vaccinated, he will open everything. <laughs> but here is the catch. Uh-huh. He's saying he will open everything because it's not his responsibility to keep people safe if they don't want to keep themselves safe. But Parliament, Ministry of Health and other government agencies are locking people out and the condition to enter is you should have a vaccination certificate. I don't think that's sustainable. In my opinion, I think the president is going to lift those kinds of injunctions because, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. If in these same Western countries under whose command we march lockstep, <laughs> they're saying that actually, number one, that the most effective vaccine they have, which is the Pfizer one, mm. based on their research, it offers you protection for about six months. Okay? And then you need a booster shot. And then shot. you need a booster shot. So that even if you're able to end up with a situation where, you know, you, you've, uh, you have someone who is vaccinated, you now have, to, like, if you're going to make vaccine mandates a thing, mm. now not only will it be enough for someone to be vaccinated, you're going to have to keep following up to see how most recently they were vaccinated or how most recently they got their booster shot. In which case... You just create a new layer of bureaucracy and management to and over we, scale we which a country like this cannot we manage. We don't have the resources to manage that. Just recently, government had moved to have all uh, passengers coming into the country tested, PCR testing. And you saw what that did at the airport. We became a breeding ground for COVID-19 <laughs> Yeah, because pictures from the... From that waiting room where mm-hmm. passengers were waiting for their results. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like if, yeah, if COVID is a thing, you can expect that everyone in that room got it. They ended up having to, you know, pull back on that and now have advised passengers to go home, quarantine as they wait for results. So we can't afford certain things. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, um, I can understand because I feel like COVID fatigue has set in in the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who were pushing for these more stringent policies are going to find themselves having to really explain uh, to the public uh, there is going to be a moment of reckoning. Accountability will have to be had. I think it has started. Countries like Australia that had a no infection policy have, realized. have finally <laughs> realized Even that New it's Zealand. possible. So they have opened. Remember, uh, actually, uh, Australians were locked out of their country for two years. Yes. So recently they reopened and said, um, it's uh, uh, finally, we are accepting. We are going to manage it as an endemic. Thank you. Even <laughs> our our Dr. Claire here, who's on the night stream on Thursdays with mm. the you know Harmony. Uh, Harmony, she's been wanting to you know uh, visit family, and mm. uh, you know she can't because as an Australian, she's not been allowed to travel back. Yeah. So this is very very weird. So yeah, I'm glad they're realizing the futility <laughs> of such a policy, and we, the ordinary citizens, who raised these points. We were having our posts on social media flagged uh, or taken down. Um, I think, I think the temptation, like the power trip, was so addictive that I think people went a little bit too far. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to come away from this feeling like, you know what? 
maybe next time we hear that there is something scary, maybe we need to take a more measured approach. Because I think this time, what 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 <laughs> what did they do? They they threw everything plus the kitchen sink at the problem. <laughs> And now we are literally back at square one where mm. we realized, you know what? At the end of the day, we just kind of have to live with it. Yeah, that's where we are. For, I never thought all... I would find myself in that position. <laughs> but after Kenya opened, I was like, okay, um, whoever rules this country, please mm. do the needful. It's about time. <laughs> but anyway, hey, we all got to work together to deal with this problem. And so, yeah, let's keep the conversation going. You're listening to The Fat Boy Show. Uganda's King of Radio, unleashed and unplugged. The Fat Boy Show.